hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. We've had another busy week in the media on COVID-19. Listen to this. The Nobel Prize for 2023 was awarded for contributions in messenger RNA to Dr. Catalin Carrico and Dr. Drew Weissman. Now, this is all over the media and the um, stories are the same in virtually every media outlet that their work was pioneering, that it uh, led to the messenger RNA really being synthetic and persisting in the body uh, for a very long period of time. And in this one article that I'm looking at by Quanta Magazine, and they're all the same, they said, that the vaccines against SARS-CoV-2 virus are credited with helping to curb the spread of the pandemic and with saving between 14.4 and 19.8 million lives in the just their first year of use, messenger RNA vaccines played a major role in that uh, accomplishment. Now, it is true that of those who took a messenger RNA uh, vaccine, they represented 94% of all vaccine takers in the United States, but only 75% of Americans took the vaccine. Other countries, it's about 50%. Uh, Globally, only two-thirds took a vaccine. Uh, But the attribution of lives saved from the vaccine could only come from prospective, double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trials. That would be a trial that randomized patients to the vaccine or placebo, and patients were followed over time, and there were fewer hospitalizations and deaths. That has never been demonstrated. The vaccines in no trial reduced the risk of hospitalization and death. And uh, in fact, uh, in the briefing booklet for Pfizer, mortality uh, was neutral from the data submitted from the data cutoff date in mid-November to December 10th, 2020. But it turns out in a paper by Michaels and colleagues that examined 38 additional deaths that occurred from the Pfizer data cutoff to the time their briefing booklet was presented in course slides at the FDA Verback meeting. Turns out these additional 38 deaths, they were mainly in Pfizer. So there was a three to four fold increased risk of cardiovascular death with Pfizer that was concealed in the overall program. That was from the big randomized trials. Since that time, there have been no large randomized trials. So there's been no demonstration that the vaccine saved lives yet. Uh, these fraudulent uh, news release uh, out there that the um, invention of messenger RNA uh, is attributed to saving these lives when in fact it didn't. Now, um, uh, both Carrico and Weisman were in 2005 were working at the University of Pennsylvania, and they were looking at looking at a way of trying to. Um, make messenger RNA less inflammatory. And uh, what happened over time were ultimately um, uracil was replaced by pseudouridine and synthetic analog caps were put on the end of 
the messenger RNA to make it very much synthetic, resistant to the breakdown of ribonucleases, and so it would be used over and over and over again in the body. That would be great if one was trying to produce a normal protein that was missing, like insulin or alpha-galactosidase, but it's terrible if the vaccine is coding for the lethal Wuhan spike protein. It means that this Nobel Prize allowed people who took the messenger RNA vaccines to get a massive overdose of spike protein, and in some people it's causing myocarditis, blood clots, stroke, Guillain-Barre syndrome, immunologic problems, and in some it's overwhelming and it's fatal. But in the United States, we've had about 1,100 Americans die just right in the vaccine center a few hours later to show you how lethal this is. That's in the CDC uh, VAERS data. So uh, these stories that are all over the internet about the Nobel Prize being won for this modification of synthetic messenger RNA by these two investigators is all built on a false premise that the COVID-19 vaccines save lives when in fact they don't. Even the consent form doesn't claim the vaccines save lives. It is simply a false claim and now it's associated with the Nobel Prize being awarded uh, to uh, both of these doctors and I'll uh, get their names for you again. both doctors, neither one I've met, but a man and a woman, Catalin Carico's woman, and Drew Wiseman, uh, work done in 2005 at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, it has come up uh, multiple times about, you know, who did invent messenger RNA? They, uh, their claim is that, you know, it was modification of, of messenger RNA, but, you know, who invented messenger RNA? It has come up uh, multiple times and uh, I did do a podcast on this, and I wanted to um, uh, have you understand a bit more about um, messenger RNA. And so in a, in a substack that I published on August 22nd, 2023, titled The Global Messenger RNA Patent Frenzy, subtitled Massive Multinational Investment in Messenger RNA Technology Signifies Global Impetus to Find Viable Applications. And in the substack, I make it clear, no single person invented messenger RNA. And even Carrico and Wiseman, they don't claim that they invented messenger RNA. They just uh, worked on a modification. It turns out in a paper by uh, Lee and colleagues, listen to this. Uh, There's uh, 9,613 patent documents uh, that were um, summarized in this manuscript. Uh, so there's a massive number of patents. Now, who holds these patents? Who are the assignees? There's no individual. Number one is Sanofi. Number two is CureVac, a company in Germany. Number three is Moderna. Number four, BioNTech. Number five, Ananta Pharmaceuticals. Number six, United States Department of Health and Human Services. There's no single person who invented messenger RNA. Now, in the in the Lee paper, Lee points out that there are some top what they call most frequently cited kind of pivotal paper, uh, patents on this. Uh, one, one of the patents or the family of patents is by uh, Jung and colleagues assigned to CureVac. Another one is by Hoare and colleagues uh, assigned to CureVac. Um, and uh, none of them uh, mentioned in this paper 
uh, none of them quote the those who won the Nobel Prize or any single individual out there trying to claim that they invented messenger RNA. So uh, please understand that the development of messenger RNA is big business. It's big company business. Uh, messenger RNA was not invented by a single individual. So for the show today, what we have is we have a first segment that will be with Dr. Avery Jackson, who's a uh, neurosurgeon, Michigan Neurosurgical Institute. And for the longest time, he's run a continuing medical education platform called Great Lakes Echo. And it's a virtual platform. It's probably one of the best I've ever seen. And I've participated on that platform before. And uh, he was going to uh, tell us about a brand new organization. I'm part of it. I advise him as a chief scientific officer. I'm also a member, so I pay monthly dues. It's called The Body. And I want you to take a careful look at The Body. It is a form of a professional uh, uh, a professional um, membership association where patients and doctors, other healthcare providers are in the membership. And so there's legal protection from outside influences, including um, the Department of Health and Human Services, state medical boards, etc. Right now, it's starting out with uh, medical and patient education, but very quickly we'll get into healthcare itself. It's very well organized. Avery has about 200 doctors in the body as, uh, as it's um, being developed today. Uh, it will be for U.S. residents and potentially in the future could grow. But uh, the vision of the body ultimately would be a professional management association that would be able to uh, deliver health care free of any biases from big pharma, health and human services, Medicare, Medicaid, insurances, and even state medical boards. Uh, the professional management association can have its own apothecary or pharmacy, uh, and all of this is worked out in what Jack, Dr. Jackson has worked on over time with the body. He's very well organized. In fact, there's investment opportunities. So individual private equity may invest in the body probably well. There's an opportunity for you if you are listening and you're an investor and want investment in the United States. It's called the body, a professional management association. So that will be uh, in the first segment here after the monologue. And then I want to finish with um, a very helpful update from uh, Joe Peggs, uh, Joe Pagliano, who really is a terrific uh, um, podcaster, radio announcer, if you will. I didn't realize how many things that Joe Peggs had done in the course of his career, but I was doing a Substack uh, write-up on him, and uh, I, I was so amazed. He has a Wikipedia page and um, you always have to take Wikipedia page with a um, with a grain of salt because it can be defamatory. Uh, but, but at the same time, uh, Joe's is actually quite um, uh, complimentary. And uh, I want to read it for you just a little bit so you understand. He's got a very unique style. So when I go on Joe Pegg's, you'll see this rapid uh, fire method. He's got a very clear voice. And he's got a rapid-fire um, way of doing his interviews where you get a ton of information in in a very um, short period of time. So Joe's a little bit younger than me. Um, he is a Nash, an American nationally syndicated syndicate. And um, uh, he began his radio career in 1989, Palm Beach uh, County, Florida, worked in TV news. He was a main anchor uh, in Florida, Saginaw, Michigan, 
Lansing, Michigan, uh, Schenectady, New York, Detroit, kind of the salt of the earth uh, types of places. Um, he transformed from TV to radio, began his talk show on iHeart uh, Media Platform, and then uh, San Antonio in Houston. He does the Joe Pegg Show, and it now goes out to 130 American now uh, syndicates, um, and uh, is really something else. Joe himself has made appearances on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. He's been a frequent fill-in uh, as the you know the main person on the Glenn Beck's TV program. He's won multiple broadcasting awards from Associated Press. His show, which I went on, you'll listen to, is listed in the top 25 Talkers Magazine Heavy 100, and his show has been named by Newsmax as one of the most influential talk shows in the country. So I give Joe Pags, now that's short for Pagliarolo. Um, it's hard to say, so no wonder he says Joe Pags, but he's a great guy. You know, he lives in San Antonio, Texas now. He has five daughters. Uh, just a wonderful human being. I'd love to go on with him. I'll go on with him anytime. Joe, you're welcome uh, for me to come on uh, your show. And in fact, I'm going to have you on my show uh, today. Just to give everybody a quick update, we go from European Parliament to the uh, origins of SARS-CoV-2 update from the House Select Committee, uh, new variants, boosters, uh, and all the updates that you'll need. So sit back, relax, uh, or if you're out exercising, just pick up your pace, and we're going to get on with the show. You're listening to Dr. Peter McCullough, and this is the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud. On America Loud Talk Radio, this is the McCullough Report. The wellness company is offering the Signature Series Spike Support Formula. The wellness company supports this formula because it's designed to remove spike protein from the body in its design, in terms of its mechanism of action. The accumulation of spike protein occurs because of repeated COVID-19 vaccination and COVID-19 illness. The spike protein stays in the body a long time, causes heart, brain, body tissue damage, as well as blood clotting. The spike support formula is designed to help the body catabolize the spike protein, begin to remove it through its natural mechanisms. It includes natokinase, the principal ingredient, 2,000 fibrinolytic units or 100 milligrams. Those are uh, equal in terms of uh, conversion. Selenium, 75 micrograms. Black sativa extract, 500 milligrams, Irish sea moss powder, 500 milligrams, green tea extract, 150 milligrams, and dandelion extract, 50 milligrams. Why the other ingredients? The other ingredients are designed to help block the spike protein's effect on tissues, help tissues recover and repair. It's the best we have now when patients are in need at this point in time, we can't make broad therapeutic claims regarding disease states, but we can tell you that this is reasonable in terms of supporting the body and helping the body clear spike protein and allowing your pathway back to better health. So go to twc.health and check out the spike support formula. You can use our promotional codes or go through our banner bars on our site to get promotional codes and discounts on your purchase.
Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, your host, and it's my great pleasure to welcome to the program Dr. Avery Jackson. Dr. Jackson is a neurosurgeon in Michigan. I've known him now for several years, and he's going to introduce to us a brand new concept in wellness care, uh, in in a new way of of, of delivering care uh, compassionately, and it breaks so many molds. Dr. Jackson, welcome, welcome so much to the report. Hey, thanks, Peter, for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I want you to set the stage. Why do we need alternatives to traditional health care? Yeah. So as you know, the issue is with the medical tyranny and the lack of uh, alternatives for health care. It's just been it's been really rough. Right. And so with that, we see there are three areas that are uh, are essential to really making a difference in healthcare now and also in the future for for everyone educating docs and patients, and that's what the body is about, as well as matching docs and patients. But here's a big one, publishing and supporting good medical data. As you know, of all people, that's something that's really been lacking lately. And so we basically have, um, uh, we're supporting high quality, interactive, virtual and enduring educational activities for, for quite some time. So we've been leading the field and making sure we can provide continuing medical education and education credits. But what the body has gone from from there is we realize we need an answer to all these failed approaches for medical treatment and cap and captured uh, published science science right and so we're thinking that we have an antidote right so there's a big debacle here there's areas that have have come up and on everyone's mind top of mind as we already know and so we have doctors who really realize that medicine's changing and we're moving them into our community. For instance, we have people like yourself, we appreciate that you stepped up to be our chief scientific officer, super exciting. We have JP Salibi, for instance, who's our chief education officer. We have just a whole host of other people that really realize that medicine's changing and we're the ones changing it. And that's what makes it really exciting. I mean, if you look back, for instance, for the body, We've morphed from a technologically advanced virtual education platform uh, evolving to a subscription model that educates clinicians and non-clinicians and matches those in need of, of clinical care with those you know, who have the expertise. And now we're furthering that right with your leadership and with others, we're uh, acquiring a publishing company, which is really exciting because we've got to get the data out there. We are the trusted source of high quality, reliable medical education and healthcare data and journals. So we're changing medicine and it's changing day by day. And that's the one thing we know for sure, there's gonna be a lot of change. So we welcome all these, these great leaders and there's endless opportunities. And you know, it's, it's happening right now. And I really believe that this is the perfect time for us to really uh, uh, make some decisive moves, right? I'm uncomfortable sometimes as a neurosurgeon, we go through things, but you still have to do what, what you need to do. You just can't sit back and just let everything happen and just go down the tubes, right? And so we're seeing now that we've, we're engaging leaders who really want a path forward 
And like, if you look at something as simple as like the advent of, of antibiotics, right? At the time, there was a lot of controversy and it took some a team of people to get together and to make it happen, but it was a wonderful thing, right? So it's our time to make a difference now. And I can tell you, you know, are we going to do that or are we okay with just uh, just kind of sitting back and missing this opportunity to give our kids a bright, healthy future? You know, I couldn't look my 10-year-old and 14-year-old daughters in the face if, if I didn't do anything. It's just not going to happen. So while we're rapidly adding uh, to our team, we've got a, a team of exceptionally gifted, world-class people. For instance, Rich Parada, he's a, a Wharton uh, business professor and he's he just stepped up as our CFO, interim CFO. And so we're really excited about that. And so we're at, at a stage right now where we're in our capital raise. And so we're, we're you know, the train is leaving the station. And, uh, and if you want to be a part of it, I just want to put that plug out there. Rich, you can always reach out to Rich, uh, our CFO, and he's at rich.parotta, P-I-R-R-O-T-T-A at uh, protonmail.com or his number is 248-705-1229. And for those uh, other people, I mean, you, you can go to info at The Body Healthcare. You can check out our website, www.thebodyhealthcare.com. And again, reach out to Rich because a lot's going on and we're moving forward and we're excited about um, about the momentum that we have right now, Peter. Well, let's uh, back up a little bit. You know, a lot of our uh, listeners, uh, you know, this may be the first time they've heard the the term the body as an organization. So when I first met you, I was in academic practice as a professor of medicine. You were in neurosurgical practice um, and you had uh, you had a platform called ECHO, which was this uh, virtual learning center. And then as things moved along, you know, we came together and we made a decision to form the body. So can you explain the structure of it and the scope yeah. and specific games? Yeah, we'll do. So the body itself, it's a not-for-profit church entity. It's a 508C1A. And it's it's kind of wrapped in, if you will, or protected by um, a private business trust entity. So it makes it really interesting and really unique. And so we were working on that. And at the same time, the virtual platform that we used uh, is what I was mentioning earlier. We rebranded that. So now it's called Great Lakes Learning and providing continuing medical education and really fighting for uh, equality and providing continuing medical education. So we saw there was a need. We saw that there were isolated groups that from around the country that had uh, very similar interests. And we said, how can we bring these groups together, educate each other, communicate, and then also protect our conversations, protect uh, us as individual independent entities, whether we are a primary care doc, whether we are uh, a group of uh, of independent docs or patients, right? How can we come together under this kind of uh, protective citadel, if you will, of, of an entity? And so we, we're doing this. And so now what we have is people sign up, so they become members and they go to www.thebodyhealthcare.com. Uh, and once they become members, now we're interfacing as one person member to the other person member. And that's where the unique difference is. Also to add to it, we've reached out to uh, some of our indigenous uh, nations, our first nations. Um, we have great friends, uh, both uh, in the Navajo tribe, the Crow tribe, um, and, and even the Cherokee tribe that we are interfacing with. And so there's gonna be some upcoming 
developments with them. And we're going to partner so that we can really move uh, the needle forward and not be uh, hindered by some of the issues that we're currently facing uh, and some of the tyranny that we're seeing as good docs uh, and good clinicians out there trying to speak the truth. Now, Avery, um, yeah, I, I'm, as you know, I serve as an officer, the chief scientific officer, but I'm also a member of the body. So I pay a member fee. Uh, you know, I can uh, join on all the uh, conferences, the educational conferences, uh, but give us an idea of scope right now. How many doctors are in the body? That's right. So now we, so for the docs themselves and just starting out, it, this was about an 18 month process to build that foundational level of the body. So we have uh, roughly about 200 docs and clinicians that are that are on board. And we just started to build out now our, our uh, more executive team, including yourself. And, and moving forward. So what that includes when you join the, the team is you have your um, your newsletter, like get you up to speed on what we're doing. And for a, a doc, you have five uh, hours per month of category one CME that's provided free with membership. And for the non-docs, you have healthy lifestyle uh, education this month as well. And, and, there's, and then there's a lot of, a, there's a community and there is a lot of networking that's involved right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, and in the future, um, and in the future, uh, do do you see what will be kind of the full sketch as you see the future of the body as you, you know beyond medical education, networking, and this kind of forming a tour de force, if you will. Yeah. So in the future, what I see, Peter is that we will have built an entire healthcare system from soup to nuts under this protective uh, private entity as we're interacting member to member. I mean, everything from kind of growing our own uh, 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 plant-based pharmacologic or pharmaceutical agents, if you will, all the way through um, tertiary care centers and hospitals all part of this network and everything in between. And it's really exciting because we found, for instance, in, in the healthcare space, as you know, um, your average uh, insurance cost, about 70% of that goes to uh, administrative fees and only 30% is focused roughly on, you know, on, on patient care. So we can take advantage of much uh, uh, cheaper, well-designed systems that'll really help to benefit the patients without all of the, the fat that's uh, involved right now. Mm -hmm. And what are the boundaries in terms of uh, people who can join? Just people, at U.S. citizens or Canada or people around the world? That's right. So it's we, we've opened it up to U.S. citizens, but our model will allow us to completely open the membership up uh, around the entire globe. And we're really excited about that. And so that's up, up and coming. Uh, we'll uh, have some updated details in the next three to six months for that phase. But we're we're finishing phase one and we're enter entering the other phases now. Now, do you envision in the future that uh, doctors and other licensed healthcare professionals, that they would actually engage with the patient relationship within the protection of the body structure? That's exactly right. It, it will be member to member engagement. Our licensing, if you will, um, and our standards of care 
will also be uh, focused and built within the body as well. So it'll be a completely uh, contained private sector uh, engagement at every every level. That sounds absolutely terrific and refreshing, uh, particularly if it's, you know, if its scope can continue to be uh, expanded. You know, for instance, today on LinkedIn, I was just engaged with a conversation with a colleague about some data. And I shared some data on the COVID-19 vaccines and immediately LinkedIn interfered with our conversation and uh, took my my response to this person off. I, I, I can't even... <laughs> I can't even respond to a colleague's question regarding the data right now on LinkedIn as an example of a professional platform. Yeah, it's, you know, the censorship, Peter, I mean, we're now entering, you know, a day and age of scientism. You know, where is science gone, right? Where is information gone and having that discourse? I mean, that was, you know, one of the one of the greatest parts of engaging healthcare was to kind of learn and grow. And oftentimes, you know, there'd be some good conflict and some great uh, learning opportunities. And now that's been taken away from us. And so I completely agree with you. And that's why we really want people to be a part of this. You know, we're seeing groups of 50 and 100 docs join us uh, at a time. And and I said, Rich Parada, he's on fire and as are you. And I'm so excited that you have been so kind to lead us as well, and especially as it relates to this publishing company and talking to other people like Jack Lyons-Weiler mm -hmm. and, and others, it's it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, what we're talking about is in so many, uh, we've had conversations about actually having an independent medical journal. The medical journals now are not independent. They're biased uh, by this biopharmaceutical complex, uh, Avery, that we outline our book, Courage to Face COVID-19. And in a real expression of a, a, you know, in a sense, a coup. Uh, yesterday, Amazon struck our book off of their platform uh, for what they term offensive content. Now, let me say this book is a five-star bestseller. I know you've had a look at it. Um, it's uh, 300 pages, 300 references. Uh, it's been legally reviewed over and over again. Um, and so there's there's no new offensive uh, uh, content. So Amazon, in a, in a bold move, you know, because the term biopharmaceutical complex envelops what we think is a syndicate that's formed, that's so powerful, it's influenced in the medical literature, healthcare delivery, uh, public policy. Uh, that term is really, in a sense, caught its own meeting uh, in, uh, you, you know, in, in modern day vernacular in the freedom movement. And so Amazon in an unprecedented, essentially electronic book burning has taken this move. So of course, now we're in in the appeals and then legal process, um, uh, which is taking up so much of our time. Now, tell us what would be the opportunity for an investor? So if we an investor takes a look at this and they wanna invest in this new idea, uh, tell us what would be in it for them. Right, so again, just to, to my uh, CFO, Rich Parada, and I would, would ask anyone to go to uh, rich.parada, P-I-R-R-O-T-T-A at protonmail.com or give them a call 248-705-1229. So we are, um, we're offering this uh, in, uh, in, in small uh, investment opportunities and larger. And, you know, 
And so it's something that we really want to sit down and talk to you about. We're really excited about the valuation of the company. And we've got a lot of, of uh, uh, high net worth individuals looking at it right now. And so if, you, if you're interested, just please reach out to Rich, 248-705-1229. Or again, rich.parata, P-I-R-R-O-T-T-A at protonmail.com. Okay, very good. So in a sense, they can they can buy ownership in the company, sounds like. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. Now I'm excited. Also, the publishing side, I mean, that portion is is really going to be huge. When you look at, you know, Elsevier, for instance, to be able to uh, eventually rival something like that and protect good healthcare, uh, good data and uh, good research, you know, is really exciting to us. And so and that's where we're we're strong is our interest in education of all types and supporting good literature. And so, again, we appreciate you. Peter, for being such a champion and leader and example for all of us, and especially uh, and now stepping up being our, our chief scientific officer. We're really excited about it. So thank you so much. And then finally, tell us what's in it for the public and, and patients, people who are viewing this from outside. Yeah, well, for, you know, for the patients, you'll have not only access to amazing men and women uh, who have great skill sets, but now you have choice. We're looking at uh, focusing on uh, holistic care as well and and well care, right? We're, we want people well, not just, you know, just to have sick care, right? We want health care as, as our goal. And so that's going to be really important. It's really exciting. And also in terms of other benefits, in terms of cost, right? We can keep costs down significantly, and that's going to be our goal. And when you speak with someone uh, in our network, in our group, you're going to get an honest opinion and there are people that actually care about you putting the patient at the center of the equation. And, you know, it has a value to it. There's no doubt about it. People are moving much more to just insurance coverage for catastrophic care and then the rest in, uh, you know, much more of a cash based model. So this sounds really terrific. We've been talking to Dr. Avery Jackson, neurosurgeon uh, in Michigan, uh, he's a top-level surgeon uh, who has, you know, made a huge impact throughout the the pandemic. Uh, has been a part of the health freedom team, and has uh, what we believe at the body is the best-in-class continuing medical education offering out there right now. And um, you know, we all need CME. And but on top of this, to have an organization formed that's formed in a special formation. Uh, that is a church-based, will have critical linkages to, you know, tribal, uh, various indigenous tribes that in itself, they have their own governance, will give the, the body really unique anchoring and, and protection from some of the adverse headwinds we expect, including um, credentialing bodies uh, at the uh, federal level and even state medical boards. So Avery, uh, just in closing, can you give us uh, uh, an idea or a forecast here on when do you think the body is going to be open for business for patient care? That's right. So, and as you know, Peter, we're open already for education and exchange already. And so I think we'll be ready for prime time uh, within the next uh, a couple of quarters uh, for certain. We're just working on governance and uh, a couple of other uh, phases, and then and then we'll be we'll be right on. So we're really excited to to support and to bless patients, and also to support our our colleagues uh, in arms. 
Sounds terrific. Uh, Dr. Avery Jackson, thank you so much for joining us on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. CoFix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. I want to talk to you about an important trio of products I routinely recommend to my patients with long COVID syndrome, and that is the Healthy Cell Trio of the Immune Super Boost, Focus and Recall, and REM Sleep Supplement, all three of them. The Immune Super Boost in the morning helps charge the body with essential uh, vitamins and nutrients that help an individual fight off these frequent recurrent infections of other viruses that people get during the long COVID syndrome. The focus and recall, also taken in the morning, helps address brain fog, uh, this general difficulty in finding words, uh, irritability. Uh, it works wonderfully to help clear up some of the uh, neurological and neuropsychiatric manifestations of long COVID syndrome. And then lastly, at night, the Healthy Cell REM sleep supplement helps you go to sleep, stay asleep, get normal sleep architecture so the next day you wake up well rested and ready to go. So again, three products all work together very well in long COVID, post COVID syndrome, the immune super boost, focus and recall, and REM sleep supplement. There are three products. Go to our website, America Out Loud Talk Radio, and click on the banner for, our, uh, for Healthy Cell to get 20% off your first order. And you'll be ordering all three of these. They'll come in three separate boxes. They are utilized uh, microgel technology. They work very rapidly, and I'm relying on them in my practice with great results. So go check out Healthy Cell. Go to America Out Loud Talk Radio and click on the banner bar for a discount on your first purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is One Color Report. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. 
These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He is, of course, a world-renowned cardiologist, epidemiologist. It's Dr. Peter McCullough. Doc, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. You're moving fast today, Joe. We're always moving fast. We're rapid fire in this show. You know that. You're always so quick with uh, with the responses, and we appreciate that because we get a lot in a small amount of time. Let's start with you speaking in front of the European Union. This is a big deal. Millions and millions of views. A, how are you invited there? And B, is Europe more open to the truth than we are here in America when it comes to COVID-19 and the vaccines and all this stuff? I was invited to a session by German member of parliament, Christine Anderson, a real freedom fighter. We had both a legal team and a medical team. I, I capstone the medical presentation uh, on the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, a biopharmaceutical complex, probably led by the WHO, World Economic Forum, but you know, many NGOs as well as uh, regulatory agencies all working with big pharma on pushing the vaccines. Uh, And I I concluded with two major calls. The first one was remove all the COVID-19 vaccines from the market. They're not safe for human use. The present ones and then future boosters is get them off the market. Second call was to pull out of the WHO. WHO does not help developed countries at all. And uh, their pandemic treaty alliance, international health regulations are an overreach. Uh, It's a big power grab that's going to get us bound up in international law. We don't want any of that. So drop the COVID-19 vaccines, pull out of the WHO, and let's move on. Peter McCullough, MD.com is his website, sort of like a, a one-stop shop for all of your your, um, uh, your your content, all of your information. You start there, you go anywhere you want to go, go and do that. Doc, when they in Europe were questioning Pfizer, and there was some vice president from Pfizer that was on the stand, they asked this specific question, did you ever study whether these vaccines stop the spread or stop the, the contagiousness of COVID-19? And the answer was no. So our FDA, our CDC, our NIH, all lied the president biden lied when they said if you take this shot it'll stop this that should have that should have shot everything out out the window shouldn't have as soon as they sat down and asked that question our cdc director came out you know mid-summer of 2021 said the vaccines don't stop transmission pfizer knew that all along never should have been a mandate now we learn in a paper by michael and colleagues on my courageous discourse substack michael and colleagues it turned out that Pfizer had 38 additional deaths from the data cutoff point in November of 2020 to the FDA meeting in December of 2020. Wow. And those deaths occurred mainly in Pfizer-treated patients. And so the FDA committee was never updated on reality was a threefold increased risk of cardiovascular death. So if Pfizer would have been honest with the data, the FDA committee should have asked them for the additional deaths after the cutoff point and have an appendix in the briefing booklet, the Pfizer vaccine never would have been approved, Joe. It was bad from the start. 
Uh, it was. It's never really been approved. It's still EUA. There, there's never been any FDA approval. This way you can't sue the companies for all this stuff that they're doing. And emergency usage only or uh, um, authorization should give me the ability under a, some sort of consent to say, yes, I'll take it. No, I won't. But governments and, and businesses and cities used this EUA and forced it anyway. Th- th- those two can't coexist. Can they? EUA means I have the right to try it if I feel like it, but under informed consent, if I don't want to, I shouldn't have to. But as I said, cities, counties, states, the central government, or all forcing people to, or else their livelihood would be at risk. Well, you've laid it out quite well. First off, the vaccines are government property. They're government property. So right. first off, uh, they're not commercially bought and sold. You're right. They're not FDA approved. They are approved for emergency use authorization. That's how I was using that term. They're not fully licensed. Emergency use authorization prior to COVID was only for military mechanisms. It was used for anthrax, other vaccines. It's never. We've had three years now of emergency use authorization, government vaccines used publicly. It's never happened before. There should always be free choice always be informed consent and never have a mandate on something that's emergency use authorized. It's uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Go and get his book, Courage to Face COVID-19. Go to his website, uh, PeterMcCulloughMD.com for all the uh, all the links from there. Let me ask you about Fauci recently coming out and admitting something that you and I knew and that you and I talked about now for three years. Uh, he says, yes, there's an increased chance or risk of, of myocarditis in men, especially young men, uh, because of the vaccines. But he couches it this way. Tell me if he's right. But there's a higher happenstance of myocarditis in men just from COVID-19. Is that true? No, that's a false narrative. We know from 2020 before the vaccines that myocarditis was very rare with COVID. Big study from the NCAA Big Ten League. They found a handful of cases, no hospitalizations, no deaths, inconsequential. Tuvalia and colleagues from Israel showed no, no increase from the baseline occurs with Coxsackie and other viruses, uh, US military also dropped their screening programs. So we know myocarditis with COVID is very rare. Uh, and uh, and then with the vaccines, there was an explosion of myocarditis, thousands of cases reported the CDC, fatal cases, paper by Holscher and colleagues, I'm the senior author, shows autopsy proven fatal cases of myocarditis never happened with COVID. So Fauci again is misleading the public trying to downplay COVID vaccine myocarditis. It's a killer. It's the same guy that said he never forced mask mandates, and of course he did. It's the same guy who said he never suggested we shut down the economy or shut down the country. We've got video of him saying exactly that. How is this guy still getting 430000 a year in his so-called retirement? And there's actually talk about him maybe facing legal charges. Would you be somebody who would support that, knowing that either he was completely inept and incompetent, or he was lying on purpose? You know, Fauci's never faced me in the U.S. Senate. He's been invited multiple times, advance notice. Now we learned the House Select Committee, Brad Wenstrup, just got this out on Twitter. Turns out that Fauci visited the CIA secretly uh, during early on in the pandemic, probably in crafting this false narrative. Remember Fauci, Francis Collins, Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance, Jeremy Farrar at Wellcome Trust, Christian Anderson at Scripps, Edwin Holmes, Sydney, Rambert, they were all part of that key meeting January 2020 where they decided to mislead the world and say the vaccine came out of nature when they knew it came out of the Chinese biosecurity lab. 
What's interesting about this is only a month ago, we had two more people in front of a House committee who literally said, I still believe it came from the wet market. It came from nature. And there's no possible way a bat bit a pangolin, whatever that is, and then somebody ate that and it spread to humans. The possibility, is there any possibility, Doc, in your, in your opinion, even 1% that it came from nature? No, it did not come from nature. In fact, Ralph Barrick at the UNC Chapel Hill with the bat lady, Shingling Lee, they published the papers together 2016, Nature Medicine proceeds the National Academy of Sciences. They declared they created SARS-CoV-2 in, at the time, it was a biosecurity at level three lab. They said it was gain-of-function research, but it was grandfathered in uh, under the pre-Obama uh, years, and it's all U.S. funded. So the, the, it's clear, you know, U.S. published research created SARS-CoV-2. It didn't come out of a, out of a wet market. Follow him everywhere, Dr. Peter McCullough. PeterMcCulloughMD.com is the website. He's a great follow on Instagram, on Twitter, and everywhere else. I guess we're calling it X now. Uh, when it comes to what we were told and what we now know, quietly, I wonder if you saw this, and we may have talked about this before. I apologize if we did. But a lawyer for the FDA, under oath in some suit, admitted that doctors should be fully able to prescribe ivermectin. You know, the attack on ivermectin, the attack on you and me because we said ivermectin worked, which it does, um, was so ridiculous. And now even the FDA quietly, no big news sources ever even reported this. The lawyer said, we, we would never stop doctors from prescribing. You realize, Dr. McCullough, that even today, some pharmacies not far from me in San Antonio will not fill an ivermectin prescription, even today. What do you make of all that? The FDA intentionally misled the country in tweets that said ivermectin is only horse paste shouldn't be used to treat COVID. Now the lawyers speaking on behalf of the FDA said doctors can use ivermectin like we always can, appropriately utilized off-label use. Community standard of care. Ivermectin is community standard of care. It's been in the McCullough protocol since 2020 and FLCC and other protocols. But you're right, the pharmacist followed the, the FDA's fraudulent statements on ivermectin. It all came out in court. Congratulations, Dr. Apter, uh, Mary Terry Bowden, as well as um, Dr. Paul Merrick. They're the ones that took the FDA to task, and we do have it now, the truth out in the open. What's interesting about off-label, this is how they try to sell it. They're making off-label a pejorative, when of course it's not. And at the same time, they're complaining about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, which do, which are effective therapies for COVID-19. They're also pushing off-label usage of drugs and calling them puberty blockers. These drugs were never, were never intended to stop puberty or change hormones or to transition somebody. What, what do you make of that? Were they, they're pushing off-label big time. I mean, if you're against that, you're a transophobe, but you can't see off-label for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Remember, the, the label is the original advertising claims of a product. Uh, you know, I've been in sessions with the FDA. I've lectured at the FDA. I've been on FDA advisory panels. We agree that the advertising claims are irrelevant to clinical practice. The advertising claims are just what the drug companies want to do. Doctors use drugs according to the art and science of medicine. FDA has 2018 guidance on their website saying doctors should use drugs off-label when they're fulfilling an unmet need, and that's exactly what we did with COVID. You're right, it's a double standard, and the FDA has actually lost a tremendous amount of credibility in the physician eye. I had uh, attorney Tom Renz on last week. He said that the shots are not mRNA. He said they're mod RNA. He said mRNA would stay in your shoulder if that's where you put it. Mod RNA goes through your whole body. Is there something to that? I'd never heard the term before. Well, there is human messenger RNA, which your cells are making right now, Joe. It's it's very, uh, you know, it's 
is made for each single use. It, it helps uh, you know create a protein from DNA, right? And it's broken down by ribonucleases. So the messenger RNA of Pfizer and Moderna it's synthetic because one of the natural uh, uh, pyramidines called uh, uh, called uracil is replaced with pseudouridine. So it's synthetic. It's not broken down by human enzymes. The messenger RNA is widely circulating in the bloodstream. Paper by Castriuta showed this. Rolkin and colleagues from Stanford showed it stuck in lymph nodes for months. Now we learn that the spike protein produced from the messenger RNA is floating in the bloodstream. Listen to this. For six months at high concentrations, paper by Brogna and colleagues from Germany. This is really bad. People have spike protein circulating in their blood, and they keep taking shots every six months. And so there is sustained circulation of this lethal protein devised in Wuhan, China. PeterMcCulloughMD.com is his website. Go there. I want to talk in a little while about what people can do about that pro- those spike proteins that are floating around in their bloodstream and how they can use a therapy to get rid of that. Uh, in the meantime, though, I want to bring this up. The new variant is on the way. The mortality rate is very, very low. Even if it's 100% more than we saw in, in cases of COVID because of the new variant, that's based on a very, very low number. So 100% is not hard to get to. This new booster that Biden allegedly took the other day, but we weren't allowed to see him take it. What are your thoughts about this so-called new variant and the push by some for new mandates. The CDC tells us the fall outbreak is led by EG5 and XL 1.5. I've already managed patients with this in my clinical practice. It's very mild, uh, just some mild nasal congestion and uh, no fever, no pulmonary involvement. We just use nasal sprays and washes, you know, uh, virucidal nasal sprays, uh, gargles like Scope or Listerine, no prescription drugs are needed. I haven't had anybody near the hospital in many years now, Joe. No need for an XBB 1.5 booster because XBB 1.5 is nearly gone from circulating strains. And, uh, you know, Moderna's package insert now on the booster looks like it's just as dangerous, potentially even more dangerous than the previous shots. And by the way, talking about taking a shot is something that was so completely uh, premature. But when I talked to Renz last week, he said it's because the government already bought all the shots. So what are they going to do with them? So they're now actually, they literally are pushing every day from the podium in the press room. Every American should get this booster. You're saying they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Recent paper by Roshan colleagues. This is shocking. 34.9% of healthcare workers are so sick after these boosters they can't go to work the next day or day after. These are very toxic shocks. Uh, they should not be administered. I've called on the floor of the U.S. Senate December 7th, 2022. Pull all these vaccines off the market. They're not safe for human use. It's uh, Peter McCulloughmd.com. It's Dr. Peter McCullough. So let's talk about those who are concerned. Last time we spoke, it went viral. I pulled out what, the one part where you gave the therapy for what people should do if they're worried about the boosters that they've taken, the spike proteins that you just uh, alluded to, six months in the bloodstream at very high concentrations. But there is a way to take care of that. What is it that people should do? There is. You know, a recent paper by Diexner and colleagues from Germany, Joe, the vast majority of long COVID patients it's because they've taken the vaccines. It's not due to wow. COVID, it's due to the vaccine. So even long COVID, uh, the problem is COVID-19 vaccination. The virus is getting milder, by the way. Long COVID is getting less frequent. But the people with the lowest rate of long COVID is unvaccinated with Omicron. But ha- having said that, if people have had multiple episodes of the infection, taken multiple shots, all the studies show that they have spike protein stuck in their tissues, potentially circulating in blood, three things are known to help here, uh, and they provide a, a basis of care, 
Can't make any therapeutic claims. Large trials are not done, but here they are. Natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day. Bromelain, 500 milligrams a day. And curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. It's in the publication. I'm the first author. Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons. It's also on the European Commission uh, preprint server. It received tons of downloads. It's called Base Spike Detoxification. Again, natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day. Bromelain, 500 milligrams a day. And curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. You know, one of the best-in-class products is Spike Support from the wellness company. That's natokinase plus five minor ingredients. So I tell you, we've got a solution now, and uh, the vast majority of people are doing it, and we're seeing progress. It takes about minimum three months. I saw patients today, severe neurologic case. It's been about five months, and she's turning the corner. I think that's great. You and I both work with a wellness company. People can go to my, my Linktree, linktree.com slash Joe Pags, and click on the wellness company. It takes you right to this page. Read up more about it, and it's supported by Dr. McCullough. One last question that people constantly ask me, and I don't know the answer. Is shedding really something? I'm not vaccinated. I didn't take any shots. If I'm around somebody constantly who took all the boosters, is shedding something I should worry about? At the level of the spike protein, it looks like everyone's been exposed to it. There's multiple seroprevalence studies. We all have antibodies to the spike protein. I rarely find anybody in my clinic who has no antibodies to spike. So we've all been exposed to spike through the infection, some through the vaccine, and many through both. Uh, now, having said that, what you're really worried about is actually shedding of the messenger RNA itself. Right. Now two papers, Joe, uh, one in Lancet, one in JAMA, showing messenger RNA coming through the breast milk of, uh, of women, pregnant women who have delivered, ill-advised, they took the shots. This does not look good. It must be in body fluids. So we don't know how much messenger RNA is being transferred. I've interviewed on my show Helene Benoun from France, former INSERM scientist. She's convinced it's happening. It's probably close contact. People have asked me, well, if my spouse or or uh, you know, partner has taken a shot, uh, there may be a risk in the first 30, 60, 90 days. I'm telling people if they can, try to forego close contact for about 90 days and hopefully the body starts to shield it. Always perfect advice, get his book called Courage to Face COVID. And uh, it's Dr. Peter McCullough, PeterMcCulloughMD.com. Doc, thanks a million, let's do it again soon. All right, see you soon. <laughs> 